This is your host, Vernon Terrell, with Grace Ministries International, and it's time for Walking Free. Hey, welcome back. This is Vernon, and I'm so uh, excited again to talk about something that's been on my heart for a while. It's this idea of joy. And often we are so downtrodden with life and busyness and focused, and, and we forget that Jesus told us in John 15, 11, these things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And that word joy is this idea of gladness and rejoicing. And that's what the Lord has given us. We are vessels of grace. And as people of grace, we should be the most joyful That doesn't mean hard times aren't going to come at us and life doesn't get tough at times, absolutely. But our overall demeanor should be that of joy. I uh, think this is something we're missing often. And if you're not experiencing this joy, Perhaps we need to look at what might be a contributing factor, and that might be your mindset and concept of who God is. Do you have permission to have joy? Do you have a belief system that says that well, you know, yes, God says we should be joy, but life is hard and uh, the gospel is serious and we need to be serious. Is that your mindset? Is God truly a God of joy and rejoicing? Does God want you to experience that? Absolutely he does. And sometimes we have to look back into our our own history, our own past, our own mindset to see are we putting a um, this cap on this incredible experience that God has given us called joy. And you'll find joy throughout uh, the scripture. In fact, joy is a fruit of the spirit. If you go into uh, Galatians, Chapter 5, verse 22, it says, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Well, the first couple, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all of those things. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Rejoicing, gladness, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Well, if it's a fruit of the Spirit, that implies that we are actually experiencing that fruit. That implies that we're walking in the Spirit, and that fruit is, and we're bearing that fruit on the branch 
that we are. We're the branch. Jesus is the vine. And our job is to simply rest and abide in the vine. We do abide because we're in Christ. That is our location. We are in Christ and we bear fruit. You don't have to try to work up joy and fake it till you make it. Now, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about bearing the fruit of Christ in you, the hope of glory, of allowing this fruit of joy to express through you, through the very unique you that you are. And yes, uh, life is going to throw all kind of things at you. It did to Jesus. Jesus said, in fact, Paul tells us that um, that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, the joy set before Jesus, and that wasn't uh, Paul, that was actually Hebrews, but he endured the cross, despising the shame. The cross wasn't a joyful event. That was a tough event. That was a hard event. But the author of Hebrews tells us, for the joy set before Christ, he endured it, despising the shame. It was shameful. It was awful. But Jesus endured that, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We can have joy even as we're in the midst of trials and trouble because we can look through those trials knowing that God is with us. In fact, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. I say that all the time. It's the truth. I want you to experience his joy. I want you to give yourself permission to experience joy. And let it out. I know I'm an introvert. I don't always express very well. But, you know, allow the Lord to grow you in that area of expression and express joy. You're not going to jinx it. It's okay. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Express it when it comes. I love it uh, when they. it says when, you know, when um, those uh, ladies... Uh, realize that Christ had risen and they're just with joy and running back to tell the others who didn't believe them, to, to tell the disciples. And they're like, yeah, y'all are crazy. You see this idea of joy in the scripture all the time. And in Acts, it talks about uh, in Acts uh, 13 that the disciples were continually filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. And they were getting, they were in trouble all the time with the authorities. They're either uh, threatened or they're arrested, put in prison, getting out miraculously or being flogged for what they were teaching and continuing on and on. And the scripture says, continually filled with joy 
in the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, full of the Spirit, full of joy. That's what I think we need more of in our society, our culture, our church culture today. Because as Paul tells us in Romans 14, the kingdom of God is not just eating and drinking, but righteousness. You know, that's the kingdom of God is righteousness. That's what it's all about. And God has already made you righteous because you're in. You're in Christ. You are righteous. And you're in joy because you're in Christ. And that's what the kingdom of God, it's not just inking, uh, inking. <laughs> it's not just eating and drinking and doing all of life, going to work, going to your job, meeting the deadlines, all those are important, not saying they're not. But that's not what the kingdom of God, it's in the midst of all that, it's righteousness in that and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, Romans 14, 17. God wants a people of joy and a people of righteousness and peace. And let me tell you, when you're walking in righteousness and walking in peace, you are going to experience joy. It's a bundle. It's a bundle. It's a package deal. He continued when uh, in the next chapter, even Romans 15, Paul prays, says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. How? In believing. So that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes we don't have joy because we don't have hope. We lose hope. And when we lose hope, we lose joy. And the enemy is after us to discourage us and to shoot holes in our hope. And when we lose hope, we gain anxiety, and we gain depression, and we gain uh, a heaviness. God is a God of hope. And when we have hope, we can experience the joy that comes right alongside that hope. And I pray for you that God would fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Believing what? How about believing that God is good? How about believing that God loves you? How about believing that God has made you righteous and holy in Christ? That God has sanctified you in him? That God has given you the overpowering victory in him and through him? May God, the God of hope, there is hope. You feel discouraged, there is hope. The job is uncertain, well, there is hope. Finances are kind of rough, but there is hope. Relationships, where are they? There is hope. Because we have a God who is a God of hope. And may he fill you with all joy and peace in believing that he is the God of hope so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Give yourself permission to hope. 
and hope that and know and hope isn't just a oh I hope so it's a it's a hope that's founded on Jesus Christ founded in one who loves you dearly more than you can ever know and when you don't see it and you don't see the end and you don't see what's around the corner you can have hope and it's not hope that things will turn out the way you want them to turn out it's hope knowing that God is with you and for you no matter what comes around that corner that he is with you and for you and never leaves you and loves you and has given you the power to stand firm no matter what. And Paul knew that firsthand. In fact, he said, when he was talking about uh, the Corinthians, he said, my confidence in you is great. My boasting in your behalf is great. I'm filled with comfort. I am overflowing with joy in all our affliction. In the middle of his affliction, he's experiencing joy that he's watching the fruit of his labor just blossom. In that same letter, that 2 Corinthians in chapter 8, he says in that great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. Isn't that something? That they could have an abundance of joy in the midst of affliction and in deep poverty, yet they're giving, sacrificing, and experiencing joy. And that's what we need. We need more joy. And you know, I find that we experience more joy as we enter into more relationships, as we share the love of Christ to others, share the truth that sets us free with others. We experience joy as we see others catch that fire and catch a bit of the truth as we share God's grace at just we, can, we just well up with joy as we see others start to walk in the truth that we know, the truth that sets free. Paul called them his joy and crown as he would share the truth. They were his joy. So I want you, even in the midst of your affliction, like Paul, become an imitator of him, as he told the Thessalonians, who became imitators of Paul and of the Lord, in verse chapter 1, verse 6, having received the word during great affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes we mistake all the good times and uh, things going our way, we mistake that for, oh, I have the joy of the Lord because everything's really just going great. Well, I want you to be assured you can have that same joy when things aren't going great. It's all over. 
the New Testament. And so joy is something that I, again, want you to give yourself permission to experience in the good times, uh, in the hard times, that you can look through the pain, through the trial, knowing that God is with you through it. And there's hope on the other side of all that. Even the brother of Jesus, when he was writing his letter, in this same idea, James said in chapter 1, verse 2, he said, consider it all what? Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials. Why? Because you're going to encounter various trials. Consider it joy. Thank you, Lord. I know I can trust you in the midst of of these trials. Consider it all joy. Wow. So let me encourage you today in this just little bit of time that we're going to spend together that God is a God of hope, that God is a God of joy, and that as you set your mind on him, as you walk in his spirit, you say, how do I do that? Well, just start walking. Just start walking free because you are free. Just start walking righteous because you are righteous. Go be the you that God made you to be. Say, I don't know what to do. Well, then just do what you know. Be kind. Be loving. Ask God. God, show me my next step. And then just get moving. Move forward. Get in relationship. Don't go it alone. Who can you encourage today? Who can you pray for today? Ask God to overflow in your life with joy. Ask God to help you experience the joy of the Holy Spirit and express that joy. Don't be scared of expressing it. Express the joy. And I think you'll find that joy is really heightened in the context of relationship. Relationships can be tricky. Relationships can, uh, they're they're tough at times. And you could just go into it with a humble spirit in any relationship. You can go in humbly. Lord, how can I encourage? How can I love? You could see the other person as one whom God loves, one whom God died for, rose again, one whom God offers grace and peace. They may not even know it. And you can choose joy. And you can be authentic and honest about the hardships and the pain and the tears and the suffering. That's just real. But you could say, I know, as hard as it is, that my God is for me and never against me. 
and I have hope. And you can smile and say, in the midst of all of this, there is an end. Don't know when, but God will see me through, even if it's through death. That I know, as Jude says in Jude 24, now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and, and I love this, and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Isn't that pretty incredible? Not only is God able to protect you from stumbling, and he is. In the midst of the trial, there's always temptations. And he's giving you his power to overcome those temptations, to, to look to old patterns, to protect you from the evil one, to keep you from stumbling. Because he always leads you in what? In victory. Even in the midst of the trial, he's always, always, always leading you in victory. And he is able, Jude 24, to protect you from stumbling and, and I love this, to make you stand in the presence of his glory. Because when we get in the presence of his glory, often we look at our sin, or we look at our unworthiness, and Jude says, he's going to make you stand upright in the presence of his glory, not shaking your head, but blameless. You know why? Because you are blameless in Christ, period. And he's going to have to, for probably most of us, make us stand Put us right up here and stand up. You're blameless. Own it. All because of Christ. It's not because of you, not because of anything you've done, but he's made you blameless. And you have permission to be ecstatic about it with great joy. So don't wait. Don't wait for that day out yonder, when we all stand in his presence. Choose now and give yourself permission now to experience his joy, to realize that right now you're not only righteous and forgiven, you are without blame, blameless. So choose joy today. That's my encouragement to you. And again, I don't want you to talk about it, hear it, listen about it, read about it. I want you to stop talking about this joy. And this week, start walking in it. You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gmint.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.